Station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, greetings, friend, and welcome again to the Bible Broadcast. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia, and I just want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible exposition and Bible study. And I want to say what a real privilege it is that I have to be able to be on the air again. And I want to thank you for being a listener. If you are a first-time listener, I would ask that you please consider marking your radio dial and, and the time of the day in which you are listening. And if you'll come back next week, Lord willing, we'll be on the air again. And uh, you can go to my website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. That's KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And uh, on the website, you'll see uh, a short-term itinerary uh, posted out about four to six weeks about my meetings and where I'll be preaching. And then you'll see the radio stations that I am currently on. And you'll see that you have uh, some opportunities to listen as they are archived as well as they are streamed on the Internet. And so you can see that. And then you'll see the books that I have written, and then you'll see the latest book uh, on discerning the times, and it is a, a subtitled Identifying Where We Are in Prophecy. And uh, so I think you would enjoy it. It helps us to understand where uh, the church is at, at this place and time in, uh, in the prophecy of God. And I think you'd be interested in that. So you can see all of that, and it'll be available uh, out on my website, and so I trust you to do that. And then at the end of the program, I'll be giving you a mailing address, a phone number, so you can write or text or email, and uh, we'd just love to hear from you. Let me say to my regular listeners, I want to thank you for being a regular listener, and then thank you so much to those of you that may help us from time to time financially. Uh, to keep the radio ministry on the air. May God richly bless you for that. And if you have ordered uh, any of my books in the past, I want to say thank you, and I do hope and trust that they will be a blessing to you. And let me say to you pastors, uh, uh, the four books to date that I have written, uh, they are outlined, they are alliterated, and very easily followed. And I have a lot of pastors who use them, uh, maybe teaching on the particular subject on a Wednesday night or preaching a series, and they use that material uh, to help them. And so I designed it uh, for it to be used uh, either in a pastor study or, or in small group studies or Sunday school or youth groups. And so uh, let me encourage you to take a look at that. There is one. Uh, on Bible Truth for Marriage and the Home. It's, I believe, a, a good read and a good uh, instructive book on marriage and raising children. I have one on the uh, spiritual gifts. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about that. And then I have a book on the doctrine of sanctification, and that's God's method for changing our lives. Amen. I believe you'd uh, profit by reading that. And then, of course, discerning the times. And all of these uh, would be a great help and a tool that you could use to minister to your people as a pastor. And so thank you again for listening. All right, today we're going to begin our study in the book of Hebrews. 
in chapter number 13, and uh, I want to speak to you today, and I want you to listen carefully. I want to speak to you on a church's responsibility to its pastor, a church's responsibility to its pastor. And uh, I'm giving this to you from the Word of God. This is not my idea. It, I, I have pastored, amen, I pastored 36 years, uh, and now I'm in full-time evangelism, but I pastored 36 years, and so I do understand a little bit about the relationship between a congregation and the pastor. And so I want to give you uh, five things today, and there are more, but I'm just kindly condensing this down and giving you one message today on a church's responsibility to its pastor. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 7, the Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, and verse number 17, the Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So here he no doubt is talking about, uh, the relationship between those that are under the authority of a pastor, those that are under the authority of that man of God that God has put in their life. Now, I'm going to save the context of this and come back to it uh, toward the end of the message, but I just wanted to read that to you. Remember them who have the rule over you. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. That verse is teaching the responsibility of the, of, the, of the church member to the pastor, and then also it has a word to say about the pastor's responsibility to the flock, as he said, is they that must give an account, uh, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So we're going to look, and this is very practical today. Uh, these are things that you may be doing already without realizing that the Bible teaches you to do this. These may be things that are already being practiced, but yet you still need to see what God says about them. And I want to begin, number one, by saying this. Number one, you need to understand him. You need to understand your pastor. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, I want to read in Galatians in chapter number one where Paul said this, talking about himself in verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. I just wanted you to get what verse number 15 said. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb 
and call me by his grace. There's a couple of things that's said in this verse. Number one, he is just a man. Your pastor, now listen, your pastor is just a man like anybody else. You see, Paul was not, uh, he said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, he was just a man. He came into the world the same way that I did and the same way that you did. And your pastor is just a man. He, he has a nature like you and I do that is an Adamic nature, a sinful nature. But thank God he is saved. I'm trusting that. And so, but what I'm saying, he's just a man. Having said that, that means that your pastor is not going to be perfect. Your pastor is not going to be perfect. He is. He's just a man. Uh, he's going to make mistakes. Uh, he is not all-knowing. He is not <clears throat> omnipotent. He's not God. Uh, he's not going to be all-wise. He's not going to uh, be all-understanding. In other words, there's going to be times when he's going to misunderstand you as an individual and even as the church. There's going to be times when he may get it wrong. There's going to be times when he misses the will of God, amen, in his preaching and in his leadership. Why? Because he's just a man. So let me say this, and I'm going to deal with it. Yeah, you, you need to realize that he is God's man, but number one, he need, you need to understand him. He is just a man. And you may and you may put him on a pedestal and you should in the in the sense of honoring him and acknowledging what he is. But you always need to realize that he is just a man. And so what you need to realize is that he can and will make mistakes. He can and probably will uh disappoint you because he is a man. And one way to realize that is to look at yourself. I want to ask you, uh, do you disappoint your church? Do you fail? Do you miss the will of God? Are you always what you ought to be? Every day that you get up, do you get up on your best side? Is there not sometimes that you get up and you're just not, uh, you're just not up to snuff, is the old saying? Well, your pastor's just a man. So give him a little leeway to be human. He's not perfect. He may want you to think he is, and sometimes he may act like he is. But you need to understand him. And, and Paul is saying, but when it pleased God, now watch what who separated me from my mother's womb. You know what Paul is saying? I was born from a mother and a father. I came into the world like everybody else. I received a sin nature from my dad. Uh, Paul is saying, I'm just a man. So number one, you need to understand your pastor. And in that, number one, he's just a man. Number two, you need to understand this calling. He said that Paul said, but when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. You need to understand, dear friend, that the man of God has a calling on him. 
and and if he's God called, he did not choose this as a vocation. He did not choose to be a pastor, a preacher, but we were called. We have a divine call. And I want to say this, nobody understands that like another preacher does. You see, you 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 don't understand. You may you may love him. He may have been your pastor for 30 years and you may read the Bible and he may tell you, but all of that said, you really have no idea what it means to have the call of God on your life unless you are another preacher. The closest person to come to that would be the preacher's wife because she lives with him and she sees the burden that he carries. She sees a friend, his commitment and dedication and how that calling uh, 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 shapes his life the way he lives. So you need to understand, yes, he is just a man. But may I say, being a man, he has the call of God on his life. And then you need to understand the burden that he's carrying. In verse 16, Paul said that, in verse 15, that he called me by his grace to do what? To reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen and he said, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. But what was Paul's calling? He said, to reveal his son in me that, that I might preach him among the heathen. Paul then's talking about the burden in that calling. What he was going to do. You see, friend, again, you've heard preachers say that they love to preach or they'll preach at the drop of a hat and they'll drop the hat to get to preach. Can I put it like this? It is a burning. It is a fire. Jeremiah said it was a fire shut up in my bones. The call of God comes with an, with an inward churning and an inward burning in the heart of that man of God to preach the word of God. The pastor, as your pastor, he has responsibility to lead the flock and to guide the flock. And to be there, to, and I know he'll visit the sick, and I know he'll go to the nursing home. I know that he'll go to the funeral home and be with you. He, he is a shepherd. He over, oversees the flock of God. But you need to realize that the, that, that the burden that he really has, yes, all of that comes with it, but the real burden is to preach the word. And if he, if you kind of get aggravated that, his emphasis is not on singing. His emphasis is not on just fellowship. His emphasis is always on the seriousness of the preaching of the word of God. And that may frustrate you sometimes. And you may get frustrated because he, he gets excited. And you may get frustrated because he may get long-winded. But you've got to understand that's not just something he's chosen to do. It's coming from a burdened heart. It's coming from a fire that's shut up in his bones, and it's a work of the Holy Ghost fulfilling the call of God in his life. You need to understand him. Number two, you need to respect him. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 5, listen to this. In 1 Timothy chapter number 5 in verse 17, Paul's writing to young Timothy, and he said, let the elders that rule 
will be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. He said, let them be counted worthy of double honor. I'm going to come back to this with another point, but for right now, you see, he stands as the under-shepherd. God, it, Jesus, is the, the great shepherd of the sheep, but that pastor is an under-shepherd. And friend, uh, what you need to realize is that you need to respect him and honor him. You need to give him that double honor that's due him because God is the one that has put him in that position. He stands in the stead of God for you as he preaches to you the word of God. And this matter of it respecting him in 1 Timothy 5, it goes on and says and teaches that we need to be involved in protecting him against gossip and slander. The Bible said in verse 19 and 20, against an elder receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. In other words, don't believe the gossip and don't believe the hearsay of what may be said against a man of God. Not just your preacher, but any preacher. I'm going to read it again. Against an elder, receive not an accusation. In other words, don't believe it when somebody tells you something bad on the preacher. Don't believe it but before two or three witnesses. In other words, it, it must be confirmed by two or three more before you receive it as the gospel or as the truth. There's been a lot of men who have had lies told on them. I know a preacher, dear friend, that a young lady, a young lady told a lie on him and without any verification, without any witnesses, he was slandered, and it really hindered his ministry, and it was false. You see what I'm saying? He said, them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. So what he's saying is that elder, that man of God, a friend in your area of respecting him, you need to give him the benefit of the doubt when something that is bad is said about him, and unless it can be confirmed, you are not to receive that accusation. Now, I'm, I'm an evangelist, and I'm traveling, and I'm in churches every week, different churches. I'm in camp meetings, jubilees, where there's a lot of preachers, and sometimes I hear things, and sometimes things are said, and whenever I hear something about a preacher, you know, I, as they'll say, and I, want, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't go ahead and put a check mark down by the man's name writing him off the list because I don't know for sure if what I've heard's the truth. You see, friend, it is such a, a, a high office and such a, 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 a honorable position. And now remember, the devil wants to pull the man of God down. The devil wants to black his eye. Can, you say, can I say this? There is no defense against a lie. you got to understand this. There, that's why uh, lying not uh, is one of the Ten Commandments, because there's no defense against it. Somebody could come out and say something. Now, let me just illustrate with you. If you're a man or a woman, either way, somebody could come out and say that they saw you with another man or another woman, whichever the case may be, a friend, and that uh, and that you were inappropriate with them. 
Somebody could say that about you. And the gossip would get started. And the gossip could go through your community, get into your church, and go through your church. And the sad thing about it is whether it is true or not, most people are going to say, wow, you really, is that true? And people are going to believe it when the person that started it could just be being vindictive towards you and the devil may be using that. It could be an, a lie. No truth whatsoever to it. But your name and your reputation could be ruined by that. Well, what God is saying is an elder, a man of God that is under the attack of the devil, that is under the attack of people that oppose the gospel that he preaches and people that he may have made mad in preaching the word of God. They may have a vindictive spirit and they may say things against him. And what God is saying is do not receive an accusation without two or three witnesses. Think of it like this. If a lie was told on you, how would you want people to receive that? So always give, and I say this about anybody, always give anybody the benefit of the doubt. That's just being a Christian. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Until, listen, think the best of anybody until you are proven wrong. That's simply being a Christian. So number one, you need to understand him. Number two, you need to respect him. Number three, you need to pray for him. First Timothy chapter number two. Listen to this. First Timothy chapter two and verse one and two. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. That's talking about the man of God, the pastor. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You see, if we pray for them, then their leadership will have better effect on us. If you want to be governed right, then pray for your leader. If you want to be pastored right, pray for the pastor. You need to pray for him. If you'll criticize less and pray for him more, you and him both will be better off. Amen. Oh, my friend, but we're quick to criticize and slow to pray. The Bible said, Paul, Paul said this in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 3. He says, with all, praying also for us. Paul's requesting prayer from the church at Colossae, and he says, of praying praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Pray that God would open the door, amen, a door of utterance for the man of God. And then not only pray for that open door of utterance, but in 2 Thessalonians and chapter number 3 and verse 1, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. So you are to pray for that open door of utterance. And then secondly, you are to pray that the word would have free course. 
I'm telling you, neighbor, if you'll pray for your pastor, I mean, if you, listen, if you'll pray every day for your pastor that God would bless him and open the door of utterance for him and make his preaching, make his words effective, just pray. We need to pray for old-time, old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival in our churches, and we need to pray that the power of God would sit down on the pastor, on the evangelist, amen, uh, that God would use them as his mouthpiece uh, to bring glory to his name. I'm telling you, I believe that's why we aren't seeing sinners saved as people aren't praying. I'm telling you, neighbor, you can change your church by changing your life and your prayer life. So you need to understand him. You need to respect him. You need to pray for him. And then going back to Hebrews 13, a friend, you need to follow and obey him. This is not what I said. This is what the Bible said. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Remember them who have the rule over you. Then he said in verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you. That pastor's in a place of leadership. And you are to obey and submit yourselves. Why? For they, that is your pastor, for they watch for your souls. And that word watch means to be sleepless. The indication is somebody that is setting up during the night, losing sleep, watching over someone else. And as a pastor, I listen, when I pastored, friend, there's been many, many a nights that I couldn't go to sleep because of the troubled heart and a burden over the church. There's been many a time that I would wake up and couldn't go back to sleep uh, during the, the, the wee hours of the morning thinking about the problem and the situation and a person's life. I'm telling you, friend, uh, you're, you live your life, you make your decisions, and you may be faithful or not faithful to the church, and you may think that nobody cares, and you may think that nobody's watching and that nobody's interested, but if you've got a pastor that is a real God-called man of God, I guarantee you he knows exactly the level of commitment that you are giving the church. He knows exactly, uh, dear friend, the commitment that you're making in your Christian life. He knows where you're at, and friend, if you're not where you need to be, it burdens him, and he's troubled about it, and I guarantee you he's calling your name in prayer whether you know it or not. So what are y'all to do? Y'all to obey and submit to the man of God in your life. That's God's will. And I'll say this, you ain't going to be right with God unless you're right with your pastor. Amen. God has put him there. Again, uh, by going back to point one, when you understand him, yes, you, you acknowledge that he's not perfect. You acknowledge that he may make mistakes. You acknowledge that he may misunderstand the situation. You acknowledge that he may not get it right every time. 
But friend, that doesn't excuse us from honoring him, obeying him, submitting to him. It doesn't remove the fact that even though he may fail and even though he can get it wrong, you are still responsible to God to follow him as a sheep follows the shepherd. Amen. And then lastly, going back to 1 Timothy chapter number 5 and verse number 17. And 18, you are to support him. And I could preach a whole hour on this, but you are to support. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. That's talking about in salary, amen, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. He gives an example. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. What it means, if you're plowing an ox, let him eat some of the corn. He's working in it. And, the, and then another quote, and the laborer is worthy of his hire or of his reward. And we could go to the book of, I'm out of time, but we could go to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter number 9, and there Paul gives a whole chapter on why y'all to support the man of God. Amen. The secular, he uses, he uses an illustration from the secular world about soldiers, our, our men in army do not go to warfare at their own expense. The government pays for them. And so Paul is saying that you ought to pay the man of God. And then the scriptures teach it. And then he goes back and uses the illustration of the Levites and how that the Levites lived off the offerings of the people. He, if he's a God-called man, he's not going to be a charlatan, amen. But I'm telling you, you ought to support him. Well, my time's up. I'd love for you to write to us, uh, P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. You can email at KeithAllisonMinistries uh, at gmail.com. That's Gmail, KeithAllisonMinistries at gmail. Go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. You can call 706-968-1182. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville.